I'm Ava Hartling. Welcome to The Brand is Female. This week, my guest is Nadine Artemis, founder of the celebrated and cult status natural skincare brand, Living Libations. This season of our podcast is brought to you by TD Women in Enterprise. TD helps women in business achieve success and growth through their educational workshops, financing, and mentorship programs. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and follow the link to find out how TD can help. Nadine Artemis created a line of all-natural skincare before the category became a trend. Her line of products, for which she sources the best raw ingredients from across the planet, has received rave reviews in leading publications from the New York Times to Elle, People, Vogue, and more. Having been described by Alanis Morissette as a true sense visionary, Nadine is still dedicated today to crafting elegant formulations and healing creations from rare botanicals. And she plans on doing so until she is at at least 120. Her concept of renegade beauty inspires people to rethink conventional notions of beauty and wellness. Nadine has chosen to grow the brand organically, pun intended, over time, and continues to be extremely selective about the retailers she works with, favoring a small batch and limited release approach, and always placing her connection to customers and to mother nature first. Here's my conversation with Nadine Artemis from Living Libations. Nadine, it's a pleasure having you on The Brand is Female today. Thank you so much for making time to speak with me. Thanks for having me. I'm. We were just chatting before we started. Uh, I'm a huge fan of your brand. Uh, I've been purchasing the products for many years. I have a lot of questions, uh, having you know read sort of how you started the business and 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 got to become an entrepreneur at the helm of your own brand. But I like to start these conversations by going to the uh, origin story of of how it all began. So I'm curious to know when you were growing up as a young girl, what were you imagining you'd be doing as a career later in life? Well, I didn't uh, fully imagine. And that's what I think a lot of young people need to know today. You don't need to have a complete vision of what you're doing as an adult at all. Um, I think what I definitely always focused on what I did like, and I definitely had a big aversion to what I didn't like. But knowing what I didn't want uh, really helped me carve out what I did want, because knowing what you don't want directs you towards what you do want. And you know, I think in hindsight, I can see the breadcrumbs along the trail that brought me to where I am today. But, you know, it wasn't, uh, you know, from the aptitude tests I took or that kind of thing. Or I was saying to my son the other day, I remember an assignment in grade six because um, it was going to be like the year 2020 or what did you want to do in the year 2020? I remember mm. thinking I wanted to solve cancer. Which I hadn't done, but then my son pointed out, well, you've done a lot of things that have helped people maybe prevent that or not go down that path. And it's not like the solution for cancer is just one answer, right? Mm -hmm, Absolutely. So you never know. (laughs) You never know. Exactly. (laughs) But definitely follow your passions and keep with that. And then, you know, it will reveal itself. 
And for you, there was always kind of that attraction and interest in nature and, you know, what nature had to offer. So how, how did that translate into you eventually, you know, wanting to build a product brand that was going to be uh, really drawing from, from what nature is here to offer us? Yes, luckily my childhood was seeped in nature, so I got to play with all of that. Um, but again, also on the what I didn't want, I remember just declaring in grade five, like I didn't want to work in a corporation. I didn't want to work nine to five in an office building. So I had that, um, you know, leading me. And then, um, you know, and then I just started to, in my teens, I was concocting and creating and, you know, eventually it got more serious mm-hmm. and it's not like you just sit down and be like, I'm going to make a brand. It's, mm-hmm. it's like, I'm going to make a product and I'm going to make skincare and it's going to help people. And then it, it evolves, you know, because there's nothing else there. And you're finding that niche mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that you might, you know, that you, I mean, there's many reasons why we come here, but you find that reason why you're there, why you're here. And bringing that all together. So again, just keep focusing on what you love, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how did it, how did it become kind of clearer for you that this was going to be your purpose? And I think for a lot of people, you know, they're, they're, they have an instinct of what they like to do and it's, it's what our passions are. It's what, you know, we're called to do on a daily basis, what we find joy in. Um, mm-hmm. but for a lot of people, it's not clear how that can become a business or if that can even become a thriving business. Um, yeah. And really every passion's different and will lead to mm-hmm. different things. Um, Oprah once said that a brand is really a series, a long-term series of micro decisions, True. Absolutely. And I really felt that to be true because it's like the brand, quote unquote. I mean, and this was, you know, I was creating this brand before we all were in the era of like everybody's their own brand, Mm -hmm. (laughs) all that kind of stuff, which is kind of where we are at today. Um, But it really is a lot of micro decisions and you hold the line of integrity of what you see and then you revolve your decision making around that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm sure many brands are created in sort of like a marketing think tank and somebody has a great idea for packaging or something and then they make a brand around that. Mm -hmm. But a true like I think if you really want to get into it and have something authentic blossom, Mm -hmm. you want to just take that deep dive into the self and then uh, have that integrity as your guiding light. And then you keep making decisions around that. Mm-hmm. Um, specifically, there, you know, I was making the skincare that I wanted and I wanted to use. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to feel and smell and adorn. And um, so it was really that creation that led me to the decisions. It sort of carries you. And I knew that, you know, there wasn't really anything like it in North America that I knew um, where you could have all the authentic essential oils together. And so I created this concept before I left university that I wanted to do when I left university Mm -hmm. or graduated was, um, you know, just to bring it all together in a store and to create this concept where people could come and have like custom blends made and perfumes made, and that I could have all my formulas there. Mm -hmm. So again, it wasn't setting out to make a brand, but sort of fulfilling a need and feeling that I could do that. 
Mm -hmm. And you were obviously offering something. And I mean, you were one of the pioneers. I think, you know, today there's more options when it comes to what we might call, you know, natural beauty or clean beauty. And and there really was not any kind of like independent beauty then. It was just the big Mm -hmm. brands. Yeah. Yeah. Was that was that challenging at first? And, you know, because you were really kind of going against the grain and, and developing something that didn't exist. Um, what what was the reception like? And, you know, what what kind of uh, challenges did you have to overcome trying maybe to work, you know, with other suppliers or just getting the ingredients or, you know, because you really kind of forged the path for that category altogether? Well, I mean, luckily, you know, I was led I don't, in many, there's many challenges, but I think luckily as an entrepreneur, like I did, I didn't know, you know, I think yeah. Yeah. Back on the past 30 years, it's so good. The things I didn't know that were coming, um, because it could be quite exhausting. Um, but a lot of the stuff out of sheer, like naivety or it being my first go at everything, mm. um, I wasn't aware of challenges like getting raw materials or whatever. I just like pursued raw materials was something I was working on in university mm-hmm. and I didn't know how people normally do it. So I just mm-hmm. created my own path and I don't think I wanted that other path anyway, because I wasn't working with chemicals from suppliers. I had to forge relationships with distillers and producers of the quality of raw materials that I wanted because mm-hmm. I wasn't seeing any of those raw materials available. Right. And tell me about kind of, you know, the conversion, getting people to want to purchase your brand, to want to, uh, you know, use your, your, your skincare products. Um, what was that like kind of building an interest and, and how, how did you promote the products essentially when you started? Again, it really all came very naturally. I made the products and then, you know, I would give them uh, to friends and family and the the response was amazing. Mm -hmm. And um, very, you know, that they were actually, it was like skincare that could actually take care of some of the issues that we get, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's eczema or psoriasis or or acne, all that kind of stuff that finally there was actually stuff that worked. And um, I think it just grew word of mouth. It's not really... I mean, I feel like I've just thought about marketing in the past 10 years because you know? <laughs> it just really built naturally. Yeah. And that was that's what's, you know, I still have clients. I mean, I've had clients for like three decades. So it's, it's a long journey. Um, but, you know, we're both the client and myself. We're just committed, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and there's something to be said. You talked about how, you know, some brands today are born out of a marketing think tank and yeah. there's this whole strategy and brands now, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs think they need to have VC funding in order to inject millions of dollars into marketing. And that's the only way a brand can grow, but you're yeah. proving that there's another route that's possible. Yeah. And I really think like even maybe in the first, you know, obviously the 10 years, 20 years, there was the the marketing would have been more uh, or the, you know, the possibilities to market were kind of traditional. Obviously, Mm -hmm. things in the past 10, 15 years have, you know, grown exponentially. I mean, you could just whip off like a TikTok video or something. So things have changed for sure. Um, But yeah, it doesn't I feel like the product really comes first. And Mm -hmm. again, I always you know, we always uh, progress through our own 
capital, so to speak. So mm-hmm. I'm real, I'm a strong believer in that as well. It's just like, you know, making it yourself, finding your resources, and then through the, the fruit of the company, you invest back in the company. Mm-hmm. And, and I love that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it it's all organic essentially yeah. um with, without uh, without playing on words um and let's talk about you know the philosophy for how you you create this skincare so you talked about obviously all natural products not using chemicals and you um you target specific uh ailments or specific you know skin issues um what what made you want to pursue that and and at first were you creating you know just for yourself was it out of a desire to have a, kind of a, an option for yourself that wasn't the typical chemical stuff that we found on shelves yeah like i feel like in my teen well in my in my childhood i always just had this inclination to mix things and make mud masks and and really none of, none of it made too much sense but i was really happy to concoct And then in my teens, I was just finding, I was like even just mixing the stuff I already had, like melting my uh, like Crabtree and Evelyn lip balm down (laughs) with my Christian Dior white eyeshadow to make like Mm -hmm. a frosted colors. And I was mixing the perfumes and all that sort of stuff. And then um, when I was at university, I really started to understand food, food production, uh, supermarkets, ingredients, like, Mm -hmm. you know, organic, not organic and really just seeing the synthetics we were raised on, whether mm-hmm. it was food or be- And then, you know, that really translated to beauty because where I thought I was doing natural beauty with like the body shop, I just, once I learned how to read labels, I was like, oh my God, it's just another petroleum promise land. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I don't want to put that stuff on my body, but it was also like, you know, oh, here's my excuse to actually kind of concoct with a purpose. Mm-hmm. So that was super fun. And, um, then I just dove fully into that world, you know, and I just, uh, so many of the problems and the skin imbalances we have are due to the cosme- uh, the chemicals and mm-hmm. cosmetics mm-hmm. that have, you know, really been around for the past, like, I guess, 60, 70 years now. But before that, we had, like, millennia of, like, using natural substances to care for the skin. Mm-hmm. And they weren't, you know, whereas the modern chemicals were causing a whole new layer of dysbiosis to the skin. Mm -hmm. And so that I was just excited. You know, of course, I did make it for myself at first, but it wasn't too long before, you know, I was sharing with friends and family and I started Artemis Essentials. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And uh, and that was before I had my store. Mm-hmm. And you also, you know, this, this same path also led you to write a book uh, focused on dental health. Um, you're an author as well. And the philosophy is, 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 is very similar, right? Um, I think we're in, in this quest for cleanliness and, and modern, uh, dental care. We're actually causing a lot of harm to our body's natural balance. Um, so what's, when did the interest in, in dental health kind of, you know, take place for you? It, it seems like it was very much part of the same process as the skincare. Yeah, it really on. was. So I was discovering like why modern skincare wasn't working and the ingredients that we don't want to put on our body. And through that process, I was just understanding, you know, a lot, a lot of ways to care for the body that I wasn't raised on. And it wasn't mm-hmm. like raised any, I was just very, it was very normal. If you had a stomach ache, Pepto-Bismo, headache, like Tylenol, 
And I was just seeing, wow, there's so many little, like little upsets, little symptoms that can happen on our body. And we don't need to go there Mm -hmm. at all. And so while I was learning about how to take care of those systems, or maybe a headache was really due to constipation or indigestion, um, and really understanding root causes of things. So I could see a lot of that with the care of the body and the skin, but I was mm-hmm. finding that there was a big lack in, in the mouth, in the mm-hmm. dental, in dental care. And so, um, you know, I set out to learn about that more. Um, as a, I think as in your twenties, you can neglect your teeth a little bit because you're off your family dental plan. Right. <laughs> I'm entrepreneur, you know, and I'm a young entrepreneur. So I'm like, you don't want to spend, you know, that thousand bucks, which is so hard to gather. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but when I did make it to the dentist, I was just reminding me of, you know, the not fun appointments as a mm-hmm. kid. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what, you know, obviously we're not bringing the right mind frame to this. There's mm-hmm. got to be some things to unpack here. And so I endeavored to figure that out. And how do we take care of our teeth on the daily basis? You know, not just going to the dentist and uh, every six months or, you know what I mean? So we're trying to just leaving it into somebody else's hands twice a year. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas we really want to know what are we doing on a daily level so that we don't, you know, so we end up at the dentist and it's all like really easy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so that's what I was doing. I finally did make it to a dentist that was supposed to be holistic back. This is back then. And um, the dentist wasn't so much, but the hygienist was. Mm-hmm. And she saw that there was the beginning of a cavity. And she was like, just like go home and make stuff, like make some herbal thing. And I was like, okay. And, uh, and then she's like, and we'll see. We'll come back in six months and we'll see if it's like, uh, you know, stopped or reversed. And I didn't mm-hmm. even know that was a thing because you're so brought up thinking your teeth are like kind of uh, inert and done. It's like yeah. a done deal. Yeah. So that was pretty exciting. And I did, that's when I made the first prototype of the, what is now the happy gum drops. Yes. Which and, I uh, happily use on a daily basis. <laughs> right on. And yeah, the cat that, you know, the, it had, it had ceased and reversed and that was so exciting. And, you know, my gum, my gums had been, you know, had gotten a lot happier and that kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, you know, and then I just spent the next sort of decade going into that more, looking at the research of renegade dentists and, and discovering that. And then wrote a book from the a, a perspective of somebody that has teeth but is not a dentist and really giving that practical day-to-day care. How mm-hmm. are the teeth connected to the rest of the body? What nutrients, you know, do we need? And that our teeth are alive and they are connected to the, the bloodstream, mm-hmm, to, the, mm-hmm. you know, to the rest of the body. And whatever we're doing in the mouth affects the re- rest of the body. And now we know even more with understanding the microbiome mm-hmm. and that the oral microbiome is obviously extric- inextricably bound to the gut microbiome mm-hmm. and uh, you know, creating dental solutions for people that they can do on a daily basis. So I was excited to to get that information out. This season of The Brand is Female is made possible with the support of TD Women and Enterprise, and they're about confidently building you. As a woman entrepreneur myself, I know I need all the support I can get. It takes sound advice, puts guidance to the right connections, tools, and resources. What's great about TD Services for Women in Business is their collaborative approach. TD can facilitate and connect you to workshops, coaching, and mentorship, and they engage other like-minded business leaders in an authentic way so we can all share experiences and learn from each other. 
other. TD Women in Enterprise has banking specialists who are able to be proactive in the advice and guidance they give to women in business. For, I think, a lot of entrepreneurs or, you know, any practitioners who are taking the route of a holistic approach to care and to health, um, they typically get challenged, right? And big pharma and big medical are obviously there to, you know, sell us very expensive solutions uh, that, you know, get us hooked on, a, on, a, on, 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 on chemicals and, and other products that we've been brought up to believe are, you know, uh, uh, promoting our health and in most cases are, are not, not necessarily doing that. Um, how do you deal with kind of being that challenger, being somebody who brings forth a different way of looking at things? And when you do face criticism or or challenges from, you know, someone who's got different beliefs, uh, how do you typically manage that interaction? Well, luckily, I feel that perhaps I'm mainly preaching to the choir. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I really like to ground in my research with science, scientific studies, looking at all those paths. Um, so luckily, I don't know, I feel the, the reception has been really kind. That's amazing. And we're just going on, continuing with that. <laughs> I'm I'm very happy to hear that. Um, are, have there been role models along the way? Maybe, and I'm especially interested in in women role models, but maybe there are male role models as well. Anyone who's a source of inspiration or kind of a, a guiding light for you? I do find just so much uh, inspiration in the natural world and with the elements. And, uh, but I can't think of any kind of modern mentors, mm-hmm. you know, I, I love there's, I have some favorite authors, uh, like Rumi mm-hmm. or Krishnamurti, Hafiz, and those I find very inspi- inspiring and really tapping in to that source of all things. Well, those are, those are great role models to have <laughs> and, and role models don't need to be contemporaries, right? They can... We can find them in uh, in, in books and, and older works. Um, what's your approach to making decisions? Because you kind of set out to build something that grew very organically, um, and and it seems that you you know you're somebody who trusts the path that you're put on, but you are running a business today. So are you someone who kind of, you know, tends to follow their intuition? Where does kind of data comes in and how, how do you reconciliate this, you know, organic approach that you have with operating in a modern day world where, you know, business decisions need to be made on a daily basis? That's so true. I do. I think when you're in that position, I think, uh, yeah, decisions, you're, you're probably even not aware, but like it's kind of decisions all day long. Um, but I feel like I am good at that. There's, a, I think a, there's a, in my realm, I think there's a natural discernment and you find those choiceless moments where mm-hmm. yes, there's a decision, but it's choiceless in that feeling. You're so you're like, it's not like you're stewing over the decision. Mm-hmm. There's like a, like, boom, cause you've got it. Like, I don't, it's hard to explain, but it's fast. It's intuitive. Um, but that intuition is really grounded in you know, decades of discernment and understanding your gut, as well as obviously getting, you know, whatever data you need. So um, I think, yeah, you want to have that choicelessness so you're not caught in the schism of things. Mm 
And if there is a moment or if, I, if there's a thing where I can't decide, you know, do I need more information? Is this mm-hmm. even the decision that needs to be made? Mm-hmm. Maybe there's a whole other thing. So when there isn't that fluidity of decision making, then, you know, then I look at it. Mm-hmm. Why isn't it easy to decide right now? Mm-hmm. And how do you define success? Um, and I think there's something interesting in, you know, we often talk about success just in terms of what our business is, is, you know, bringing us. And typically we're looking at it from a bottom line, you know, numbers only standpoint, but there's success as a human being as well. So I'm interested in what does success look like for you, uh, both as a human and as a, as a business owner, or maybe success is just something, a word that you're trying not to, uh, you know, use in your, in your vocabulary? Oh, I don't mind the success, but I feel like, yeah, it can be many things, but I feel like the really, the guiding light is feeling good. Mm -hmm. Right. So does it feel good? I mean, the reason, the only reason why we do anything is to feel good, Mm -hmm. right? Whether we're eating, building a business, buying something, we think it's going to, you know, make us feel good. So I I use that as a guide, you know, is it feeling good? Does the decision feel good? Does the business feel good? And uh, that's just a good guiding, guiding way to go. There's not much that I'm actually looking at with the bottom line, the bottom Mm -hmm. line, obviously it needs to be there, but it's kind of irrelevant. Mm -hmm. There's just so many factors. And what's your advice for someone who is thinking of building a business and, you know, they might be looking for how to connect it to, you know, values and that sense of purpose. And, you know, earlier in the conversation, we we're talking about how in your case, it, it was very innate and it happened, you know, it was, it was very clear that you were called on this path for someone who's creating something new and they might be struggling with figuring out what their purpose is. How would you recommend they, they go about it? Purpose is obviously, you know, it's, it's important on some level and it helps us feel good. However, you don't want to really lean too much of anything into purpose. Like you don't even really want to have the business be your purpose in mm-hmm. life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because then the ego can get involved and things can't go off. You know what I mean? And you can't, you just, you need to know that breathing and being alive is the purpose. Like just Mm -hmm. to breathe is really creativity Mm -hmm. to think is create is a creative act. Um, so sort of, I think we need to sort of get balanced a bit with purpose and not make it the be all end all of existence. Right. And then as you're discovering your passion, because yeah, whatever you're going to do, you want it to be able to, uh, you know, take you into that sort of that brain state where you don't know that you've worked. <laughs> mm-hmm. You don't really know you've mm-hmm. worked all day because you're focused, you're engaged mm-hmm. and we want to be engaged with life. Um, but also you got to know that like anything that you're doing, bec- like, let's say you're like a painter and then you're like, great, I'm going to sell and there'll be a business around my, my painting. Well, that whole thing surrounding those brushstrokes is not the brushstrokes itself. You know, like Mm -hmm. I wanted to inhale jasmine and frankincense all day, but obviously there's (laughs) other things. There's insurance and lawyers and spreadsheets and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, So just know that your passion can kind of get weighed down if, uh, So you kind of just got to bring some levity to that as well and just Mm -hmm. understand or understand what you need to outsource as in like Dell or delegate. Mm 
mm-hmm. to another. Right. You have to know that, yeah, the passion will carry you through, but things will, uh, will nibble away at that. And so mm-hmm. you have to kind of, you know, keep finding the passion, even mm-hmm. in the spreadsheets. <laughs> That's a good line. <laughs> It's I I think it's really challenging finding passion in spreadsheets. Yes, but we, or the taxes. We can try. The, you know, yeah. everybody's going to have their different thing. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you've built. You know, I think you you and, and you were talking about how you feel like you're preaching to you know to to uh, people who are already kind of believers who um, you know already uh, kind of agree with your holistic approach to. Uh, our, our health and our and, and and the way we care for for our bodies and for ourselves. Um, you've built this amazing community of of you know loyal followers. Um, you've mentioned that you open a store you know earlier in 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 the process, and this I would imagine allowed you to have kind of that you know face to face exchange with customers. And in today's world, where uh, you know a lot of how we transact and, and acquire products is done online, and we're kind of losing that sense of human exchange, um, how how do you build community, or how do you stay engaged with community today? Yeah, that's a great great question. Well, I feel like there is it's it, there's a lot that can help uh, to um, you know facilitate the community, even though it's not all face to face now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but it's definitely informed me, like even, you know, because I opened the store in 92. So I would just, you know, e- interacting, you know, with women and men and just seeing their health issues come forward and what do they need. So that's been really good. But I'm actually very involved with our client care. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really, you know, uh, looking at a lot of the emails and our team is just very, like, really tight with our education. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, and they represent me as well. Or if they have a, if there's a question they don't know from our other education, you know, I will talk to them personally. I mean, to our, to our educators. Mm -hmm. And we do uh, free consulting as well. So anybody, you know, we've had like groups of families, like whole families or like bridal parties or best friends come on for consultation calls and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I feel like as a company, um, we are real to the field and we still have that real engagement. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's something that we'll always continue to do. You know, we're not like outsourcing our client care to like a call center in India. Yeah. Not today and not 20 years from now. Yeah. And I think that makes a lot of difference. Just, you know, speaking to entrepreneurs in a variety of industries, the ones who stay involved with that aspect of, you know, not being face to face with clients necessarily, but having that exchange through customer relations or, you know, even the way information is shared to, you know, to individual clients I think even doing like a podcast like this. So Mm -hmm. there's like lots of ways to connect and people can connect with, you know, through social media. So, yeah, I think if you use that, all those tools wisely, it's a really good thing for, for both the company and the clients. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, You've talked about being involved with, you know, the education and, and the information that gets shared with clients and, you know, they come to you, you offer more than just skincare because the way your, your products work, it's really about, our health and uh, even our, our mental well-being. A lot of products are also geared towards, uh, uh, you know, mental health in addition to physical health. Um, what are some of your favorite products to use? It's probably hard to pick favorites, but 
maybe for someone who's looking to start, you know, uh, interacting with your brand, what, what are some favorites that uh, customers should, uh, should be trying? Well, we talked about the healthy, happy gum drops, um, which I love. And I use that daily for flossing and cleaning. And I also mm -hmm. love our triple mint toothpaste which was newly launched last year. It contains a mineral, nanohydroxyapatite, which is like what our teeth are made, mainly made of. Mm -hmm. And so it's very good at remineralizing. And it's actually, it's been around for a few decades in toothpaste, but only just a handful. And there, of course, have other ingredients. But it was actually even approved by NASA as an ingredient to prevent bone loss. Wow. Um, so it's really great. And so mm -hmm. I love those two together. Um, skincare, best skin ever, you know, because mm -hmm. that really transforms people because it's the one bottle to do it all. You can wash, cleanse, you can even like moisturize your hair, uh, do your whole body. It's what I would use for a massage oil as well. Mm -hmm. And my favorite best skin ever, uh, that I'm using right now is the Immortal best skin ever, mm -hmm. okay. which was also new last year. Um, and then poetic pits. You know, mm -hmm, I think that's yeah. a classic because mm -hmm. you can replace your deodorant. Um, my personal favorite is the Neroli. It's exquisite. Um, so those, I think, are like definitely three uh, must-haves and can really, you know, take care of a lot of, of different things. Mm, all, all good tips. Uh, I, I use a few of those myself. Big fan of the uh, Sundew, I think the vitamin oh, D yeah, moisturizer. Oh, yeah, the vitamin D mm -hmm. cream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, actually, I use that as well. I forgot. Um, I love, yeah, putting that, massaging that into the face, but really you can use it anywhere because it's just mm -hmm. about getting that little bit of D in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the smell is just divine. It's a beauty. <laughs> um, what does the future look like for, for you, for your brand? Um, you know, you've been growing organically. We've come back to that. Um, are you thinking you know, is there, is there somebody who is interested in taking over the company from you someday? Is that something that you are planning for in the future? What does that look well, like? Well, I'm planning on, um, there's another thing I decided when I was younger that I was at least going to be around till 120. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> Excellent goal. Yeah. So I will be around for many, many years. And then, you know, I've, you know, I think with a business this every day, you just get, more solid that it can function without you and mm -hmm. yet you function with it mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so if anything were to happen we're functional you know mm -hmm. so I think mm -hmm. that's important is sort of creating that uh, legacy mm -hmm. uh, within the company mm -hmm. so it's very strong but I'm not going anywhere <laughs> <laughs> it, and nor have we ever been interested in somebody buying it right yeah 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 it's like no yeah, the, the company continues to exist alongside you. Um, what would be your top three pieces of advice for women entrepreneurs specifically? Maybe they're starting out, maybe they're already established in business. What are three things you'd like them to know? I think, well, we talked about decisions. So, you know, definitely, you know, know how you make decisions and just tune into your whole sort of philosophy around that. And then it's important, though, once you've made a decision or ha have a vision or a goal is that you just you know, stick to that. You don't want to be warbling, mm -hmm. uh, you know, especially like, 
oh, I want to do blah, blah, blah. And then you're like, oh, can I blah, blah, blah. And if you, it's, I mean, we're all going to have doubt, but Mm -hmm. that doubt up against the decision is going to just make it like you're no movement. It's going to create stagnancy. Mm -hmm. And so have that clarity of mind and then check in. Is there chatter that's like moving you in the opposite direction? Mm -hmm. So that's really important. And often you need to gestate with things. Mm -hmm. So you know, you may have just gotten clear with yourself and you may have eliminated the doubt and then you decide to talk to a few people and then they've brought doubt back in (laughs) Mm -hmm. or, oh, like, you know, so gestate, keep, you know, keep it within, feel it, be it, breathe it. Don't worry about the other people. Exactly. I was going to say, what do you do with that doubt when that happens? Yeah. Well, yeah. Just try not to talk to those people. (laughs) (laughs) And go back within yourself and then assess if it's, you know, yeah. if it's real doubt or doubt that's just a fear or, you know, the the, the, ch- the chatter, as you're saying, the noise that's coming to slow you down. or Yeah. So I think as, as an entrepreneur, you got to know the content. You got to know your thoughts and your thinking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there's that. I think we all, you all, you need like many cycles of uh, or moments of taking stock Mm. especially if you feel stuck or like a challenge is coming up, like take stock. And I mean, literally take stock of your mind, your emotions, and then like clean, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like take literal, like take the stock. What do you have? What are your resources? There's always gold in there. Mm. You know, there's always just stuff to be gleaned from that. So Mm. really know your resources and, uh, you know, start there, you Mm. know, don't, I don't know. I just think it's hard to have a whole vision and then go, okay, now I've got to go find like $30 million. Mm-hmm, right. So, and then maybe that's the path, but just start where you are. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, and the $30 million can come later, but there are yes. steps you can take right now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Get going. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. I love all of this advice. Uh, Nadine, it's been a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so much for making time today. Oh, so lovely to, to talk with you today as well. Thank you to TD Women and Enterprise for their support of The Brand is Female. You've got it in you to succeed. Let TD help guide you. Visit thebrandisfemale.com slash podcast and click on the TD logo. Thank you for listening today. If you did enjoy the show, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. Thank you so much for listening to a podcast by The Brand is Female. I'm Ava Hartling, and this episode was produced by our team. Sound engineering by Isabel Morris. Research and production support, Claire Miglionico. Yeah.